0: You are in the right place, the house of God. We have a lot to cover. If you are a note taker, you need to have something to write with. You need something to write on. And honestly, if you're electronic and you're fast enough, by all means, you can take notes that way as well. Take out the handout sheet given to you at the front door. And also, you're going to need a Bible nearby. We are launching a brand new series today called Discovering the Supernatural. Now, here's what's unusual about it is we're starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, if you're brand new, that sounds super odd. If you've been with us a while, you realized earlier in the year, we did a series on First Corinthians and stopped after chapter 11. And you're like, well, when in the world are you gonna finish the book? Today, <laughs> right? So that's why we're jumping in midstream because there are some things that Paul was going to talk about in the back half of 1 Corinthians that actually tie into a lot of the stuff we're walking through right now. We're preparing for the worship prayer and healing night where we are literally praying for signs, wonders, and miracles. We're talking about the healing of people's bodies and minds and emotions and relationships. And so we're gonna be talking a lot about the supernatural. So of course, it would make sense to have Paul the Apostle teach us on the supernatural. So we're kicking off the series right here. Now, do you believe that there are people gifted by God today to operate in spiritual gifts? Yeah, amen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely believe that. I've actually seen... Uh, almost all the gifts that I can imagine operate in different people. There are some people that have the gift of faith, and you would like. Well, what would that even look like? The gift of faith. Well, you know how most of us—we all have to struggle with doubt. We all have to struggle with like, man, I'm totally in. No, no, I'm not totally in, and and I'm doing really good. No, wait, wait. wait. Uh, is this true? Is this legit? And, and then all of a sudden we get like a, a cancer diagnosis, right? And we're, and, you know, and then somebody's like, well, you gotta trust the Lord. And you're like, well, I do on, on Wednesday morning between eight and nine, and then I don't so much, right? I mean, that's like, those, if you've ever experienced that, you're called a normal person, all right? So you're regular. However, there are people that when God says it, it's all good. Literally, they believe God at his word. That when he says something, they're like, yep, lock it in, I'm good. Like for example, a lot of us had to go through wrestling to kind of become a Christian, right? Well, tell me the truth about Jesus' resurrection. Give me the 10 reasons, right? And we're like apologetics, fanatics, and we need to know all the details. There's other people that said, oh, Jesus came and died for my sins? I want that, I'm in, let's go. And they never turn back. Okay, that is an element of faith that is over the top. It's not normal. Now you go, no, 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 that's just my personality. Mm, I beg to differ. Because I think the world, the flesh, and the enemy is really pushed hard on you, and you still believe God. So I'm telling you, I think there are gifts operating. The idea that, There's a difference between a motivational speaker and an anointed preacher. You understand what I'm talking about? Like there's a difference there. Like Tony Robbins doesn't need people to get saved. Do you understand? When he finishes talking, it's not like there's a revival, right? And you know that only Holy Spirit can transform a spirit, right? You know that. So. When I'm up here preaching, what I'm not interested in is merely being a good communicator. What I'm hoping for and praying for, and why I believe God gifted me to step into this position, is that God would know I can push Lance out of the way anytime I want, and I can talk direct to my people, right? When all of a sudden I start to fade, and everyone's having an interaction with God directly, that's a win, yes? So the idea that you would say things like, pastor, how did you know what we were talking about in the car before we arrived? Right, I don't know that. That means God was like, excuse me, and just shoves me out of the way, right? If you say, wow, when you said that, I've never felt shaken to the core like that. That was not from a good message. That was from God moving in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you have dynamics like that operating, It suggests that it is something more than a natural talent. It is actually a spiritual gift. So once again, there's people that heal really in a higher capacity than than other people praying for healing, stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to walk us through and talk about what's the point and allow Paul to kind of encourage us that this stuff is legit and this stuff is for you. Really, the point of it is that we have a pretty tough go in this world. That's a broken world, it's sinful, we're part of the problem, right? And we have struggles in this life. Don't you imagine that God would equip his church for victory? Well, the way he equips us is he gives us all a sprinkling of him. He gives us all a sprinkling of kind of the stuff that Jesus did, all the things the Holy Spirit wants to do, and he spreads them out. So when we come together collectively, it's like God is in our midst in full. That means we should be able to all operate on our gifts and then collectively supporting one another, right? If I need healing... I may come to you. If you need to understand the word, you may come to me. If somebody else needs prayer for something else or somebody needs a miracle, do you understand? If we're all collectively using our gifts, should we not be an unstoppable force? I feel like that's when the gates of hell do not prevail, right, not a bunch of insecure Christians not utilizing their gifts and merely staring. I don't think that's how Satan gets a little nervous I think that we actually need to be locked and loaded, and he's like, oh, no, here we go, right? That's why Jesus loves us getting together, unified in diversity, right? Because once again, God doesn't need a whole bunch of duplication, so you're going to find out how he made you is unique from how he made you and how he made you. Our gifts aren't the same. So once again, may we never fall into the comparison trap, amen? That'll ruin you, yeah? All right, here's the fill in the blank on the sheet in front of you, or if you're watching online, this is for the app for you guys. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to his kids. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to his kids. Now, are miracles, supernatural ministry, all spiritual gifting for the church today? I'm gonna say absolutely. Does everyone believe that? Nope, (laughs) you all believe it, right? Does everybody in the world believe it? No, 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 I don't think that they do. As a matter of fact, there are two views on how the Holy Spirit operates today. Did you know that? So they are, and apologies to uh, our translators here, there are two views, the cessationist view Yeah, I know, sorry. And the continuationist view, all right? Now, you're like, well, those are pretty fancy words. You got anything else? I do. You ready? Yep and nope. There you go, all right? So we're gonna talk about the yep and the nope view of spiritual gifts today. Now, once again, there is a view that this supernatural miracle and kind of spiritual gifting and the weird stuff does not happen today. A lot of denominations that are more conservative believe that, right? Like that's how they operate on a day-to-day basis. And you're like, well, hold on a second. What, why, wait, wait, why? Well, here's the view. This is the nope view, okay? Basically, here's the idea. After the apostles were gone and the book of the Bible or the collection of books was locked down, there was no more need for supernatural gifting in ministry. So it ceased in the church. That does not mean that God can't do a miracle. It does not mean that prayer doesn't matter. It does not mean any of that. It means the Holy Spirit does not operate like you see in the book of Acts or in the gospels or any of the other writings. Does that make sense? And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 I think, I think maybe I grew up in a church like that. Okay, all right. You gotta ask the question, why is that a very popular view? Because as a matter of fact, it's, a, it's very popular, right? So why? Does the Bible say that the gifts were going to stop? Here's what's interesting. There is no biblical support for it at all. And that's what's so unusual, because a lot of times, denominational streams that have this view believe that they have a high view of Scripture. The problem is, it's not in the Bible. And you go, wait, really? Yep, I love this quote from Jack Deere, he said this. If you were to lock a brand new Christian in a room with a Bible, and tell him to study what Scripture says about healing and miracles, he would never come out of the room a cessationist, why? Because the Bible says, and Jesus did all these miracles, the apostles did all these miracles, Paul taught all the church how to do miracles, and seen. Like it literally just cuts off right there. And it's like, and then your turn. Wait, what? How am I supposed to do that? That's how the Bible finishes. All right, it's taught, but not in the Bible you would actually have to have someone teach you that concept, that it stopped, all right? Now, you go, well then, why do so many brilliant people believe that? Well, it's a reasoning argument, not a biblical argument. All right, so here's the reasoning argument, right? And once again, I am not throwing stones. I got mad respect for people that happen to be in that camp, right? We as a church are trying to get conservatives and charismatics at the same table. So wherever you're at on this issue, you have a home. Yes, you have a home here. However, I do need to explain why we view the way we view and why we preach the way we preach, yeah? So I'm just getting everybody on the same page. Here are the two primary arguments for the nope view. Number one, the purpose of the spiritual gifts and supernatural ministry Are no longer necessary okay and here's why if you remember in the old testament there would be these guys like moses right and god's like this is my man and so he would come out and say let my people go you know that kind of thing right well everyone's going to be like why and he's like because i'm from god they're like no you're not he's like yeah i am they're like no you're not and it gets really awkward at some point he has to have some evidence to show that he's from God. And he's like, watch this, wham! And all these plagues hit and all this stuff and they're like, oh, dang, you're legit, right? Well, the prophets were like that. Elijah did incredible miracles and everybody had to take him seriously. Well, then you get to Jesus and he walks in and he's like, I'm the Messiah. They're like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. Then, He starts throwing down miracles like raising people from the dead and then everyone was like that's awkward not quite sure what to do with that now right he says the phrase right he says the phrase if you don't believe my words believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves okay so it was a validation a proof that he was legit then all of a sudden the new church launches right? We're talking about Pentecost and all that. And these Christians show up. They're talking to the Jews. They're like, hey, God changed into the new covenant. They're like, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Then they start throwing down miracles and everyone's like, oh, it's legit. So the argument is it needed to be legitimized and it was a validation that it was real that something from heaven was happening. But once we get to the point where, all right, God's done a lot of stuff, the church launched, everything's been talked about, it was locked down in the Bible, you can go back and say, look, this is proof, that's not necessary anymore because they were signs. Y'all know what a sign is, yes? Right, you're driving down the road, sign says Elm Street. You never walk up to the sign and go, what an amazing sign, right? What you do is you go, oh, I'm trying to get to Elm Street and it points you somewhere. If the gifts were signs, they pointed to something and once you arrive there, the sign is no longer necessary. Does that make sense? All right, here's the second argument. Now, nobody's going to tell you this from that viewpoint, but once again, nevertheless, it is true. And here's what it is it validates their current reality. In other words, a lot of people just don't see miracles around them at all, and they have to figure out why. Obviously, it's not important. If God wanted more miracles, he'd do more miracles. It's from God, right? And if he wanted to do miracles today, he'd do more miracles, just not seeing a whole lot of them around us. We don't really need to pursue it. It kind of gets messy and a little bit weird, right? Because all that stuff is kind of creepy. So we need to kind of avoid the mess. We've been doing fine without it anyway because what's more important, salvation, right? The Bible's very clear on that. So if I don't see it and I don't see a lot of people operating in it legitimately, it's not for today. And that's it all right here's my problem with this now beyond the view that it's not in the bible my biggest concern is it's reverse engineering and allowing our circumstances to dictate our theology and that is always going to be a problem for me either it's true or it's not but you don't get to say well, my reality is this, so the Bible must be wrong. No, no, we're not doing that. You have to allow the Bible to be true whether or not you're currently experiencing it or not, right? That's how we pull stuff out of Scripture and we don't import our bias into Scripture. All right, so Bridgeway obviously has the yep version, right? We believe this stuff is legit that supernatural ministry is part of our reality. God's supernatural, we're supernatural. Supernatural is kind of how it goes. To me, it's very, very practical, right? It's just who we are, it's how we get stuff done. The same church existed in the first century as the 21st century, We're regular people falling in love with God and trying to be the body of Christ, is that correct? Nothing has changed. But the number one reason why we pursue the spiritual gifts is because it's in the Bible. If you're ever gonna get asked, why does Bridgeway do weird things like the worship prayer and healing night? Because by the way, it's weird, Mm -hmm. right? If anyone asks you that, here's your answer. Even if you don't agree with my view, here's what you're gonna say. They believe that it's the most biblical view. That's actually why we do it, okay? Saw it in the Bible, move forward. Okay, cool. Now, I believe that although signs or validation was critical, it's not the most important thing for why we have supernatural ministry. I believe there are four reasons, if you take notes, write this down. There are four primary reasons on why I think supernatural ministry exists and why it's important for us today. Number one, write this down, relational connection. Relational connection. There are two reasons why we exist on this planet. Do you know them? Number one, relationship with God. Number two, glory to him. Does that make sense? Otherwise, you and I don't need to exist. God did not create us because he was bored. He did not create us, right, of going, man, I got nothing else to do. He created us to have relationship and a creation that would glorify his name. That's actually why we're here, okay? So imagine that. That's reason one and two. So let's talk about relational connection. God has never needed us to get anything done. He's always better on his own, right, right? If he ever wanted to save somebody, it's a lot cleaner to not involve a broken person. But he does. Why? Because he loves doing things with his kids. It is always about relationship. The point of supernatural ministry is we partner and be the body of Christ so that we can have relationship and connection. When you do activity with someone, you bond. Did you know that? So as opposed to, hey God, you do your thing, I'm gonna hang out over here. No, 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 supernatural ministry means we're in it together, look at what we can do. And that's ultimately what the Holy Spirit is saying. Hey kiddos, you wanna do something fun? Yeah, all right, come on, let's go. That is the first point. Number two, glory to God, write that down, glory to God. At every generation, needs some sort of connection with God through awe. In other words, everyone is always longing to know there's something beyond this world. And the whole idea that God is high and lifted up, when you merely give them a book and they only think about it as literature, it is not sufficient to change their life. What they ultimately need to see is God is still alive. That awe is why I think God continues to move in our midst. By the way, I would suggest that a lot of us, the only reason we're in church is because God opened our eyes by showing that he was real. Is that correct? All right. Number three, write this down. Building up the body of Christ. Building up the body of Christ. The whole purpose of spiritual empowerment, and that's really what this is, is to help each other. It's to create interdependence. It's to give all of us a sprinkling of Jesus so we need each other. And every time we help each other, we're building up to be stronger and stronger and stronger so that we could advance the kingdom of God. It is never a selfish endeavor, it's never a pride endeavor, it's never elitism, it is to share with one another and support and lift one another up. That's why you have a gift. Not so you can be famous, not so you can sell books, not so you can be, what, on some big stage and platform. You are given a gift to help others be more victorious in Christ. And number four, write this down provides evangelistic support, provides evangelistic support. Pentecost is a perfect example. You guys ever heard the phrase power evangelism? Have you guys ever heard that? sounds pretty awesome though, huh? Power evangelism, here's what it means. God does something weird to get people's attention, yeah? Pentecost, let's talk about it. They're all in a prayer meeting and all of a sudden the sound of mighty rushing wind hits. You gotta ask, Why is God like, hey, Gabriel, check this out, (laughs) right? I love the sound of wind. He turns on the fan, right? Why would he do that? Because ultimately, it didn't have any dramatic effect other than it drew a crowd. It says everyone outside heard the sound. And they were like, what in the world is going on? So they left what they were doing and all walked toward the prayer meeting. They didn't know a prayer meeting was going on. Then all of a sudden, these Christians spill out of the room and start acting super weird. They're like speaking in all these other languages and everyone's like, man, these are weird people. I bet you they're all drunk. Right, you guys remember this? That was the argument. Which, by the way, if everyone was speaking articulately another language, shouldn't their response have been, wow, these people are educated? (laughs) That was not the response. It was they're drunk, why? Because it was weird. So they spill out they're weird, that draws more people in a crowd And once the crowd is drawn, Peter stands up and says, you must know this, Jesus Christ has come and died for your sins and he has been crucified and he is risen again. May you all, and all of a sudden, boom, revival hits and all these thousands of people get saved and the church launches. That was necessary then and it's necessary now, right? The world doesn't care that a long time ago, it was proved in the Bible. Well, I don't believe the Bible. And end, right? We need to realize that three times, the Apostle Paul said, the matter of the kingdom is not one of talk, but of power. And boy, are we chatting a lot, and there's not a lot of evidence. All right, so Bridgeway is what you would call a word and spirit church, a word and spirit church. If anybody asks you, hey, what kind of church do you go to? Well, it's non-denominational. It's a word and spirit church. And they go, huh, well, I don't know a lot of those. What's another one of those? You go, no, 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 my pastor made it up, (laughs) right? Because you're like, huh, what is it? Is that like a denominational stream? No, it's called I made it up, word and spirit church. So you'll notice we use this motto a lot around here, which is what? We are scripture-soaked and spirit-led. Have you seen that? Scripture-soaked, spirit-led. We say it all the time. What that means is we are anchored in the word of God. That creates parameters. That creates safety. Because although the Bible is not exhaustive, that is not all that God wants to say. That would have been a way bigger book but it is the surest, most reliable of what God has said and what he has revealed himself to be. So we remain affixed, locked. You know how when you're mountain climbing and you lock into the rock, that's the idea if you ever fall, you don't fall very far, right? Because we all know people can get a little freaky, yeah? So we are clipped in to the rock of the word of God. Whenever you see Bridgeway do something, it either has to be said in Scripture or what has been revealed about God's nature in Scripture is in alignment. Does that make sense? So we have parameters on how we operate. The spirit-led part is like the Bible saying, you have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you do that? Jesus described him like the wind, You can't see him coming, but you see the ripple through the uh, the trees, right? And you know kind of where he's going, but man, he is on the move. He is doing stuff. He is carrying out the same ministry of Jesus all throughout the world. And how's he doing it? Through us. So we lean into his movement, lean into setting people free through his power, and we end up leaning into how he built us supernaturally, That, to me, is just how Christians get stuff done. How are you going to do what Jesus did? You're not gonna do it in your own strength, you're gonna do it through the Lord, is that correct? Okay, and this is where you go, yeah, but honestly, pastor, that stuff's weird. Okay, stop, you're a Christian, you're already weird. Like if you ever, I think it's weird to split hairs and go, yeah, I'm not really into that weird stuff. Dude, you believe in an invisible God. You're weird. Uh, You believe that some guy 2,000 years ago is the savior. You're weird. You pray and don't get to hear audible responses. You're weird. So stop with this whole, I don't wanna get into the weird thing. You crossed that a long time ago. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) We're only talking about degrees of weird. Does that make sense? All right, everything about us is weird. However, what we're looking for is legitimate weird versus illegitimate weird. Does that make sense? That's really all we're trying to chase after. Spiritual gifts are real, and you have them. And we need to know what ours are so we can be victorious. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you are reading out of the Bible or underneath the seat in front of you, it's page 959, 959. I'm gonna be reading out of the ESV and we're gonna walk through it uh, relatively quickly, but there's a couple highlights I wanna make. 1 Corinthians 12, one through three. It begins like this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. All right, let's pause. The Corinthians were already operating in the weird. They were operating in the supernatural. Paul was not writing this letter to convince them it was legit. He was actually stepping in to go, guys, you are all over the map. Like, you're a mess. Can we please organize this a little bit? Like, you're stepping all over each other. You're not doing it very healthy. So this is a corrective letter on how to dial things in, right? So if you're a skeptic and you're going, well, it doesn't say this, that wasn't written to you. Do you understand? He wasn't trying to argue it. He was just saying, it is what it is. Let's make sure we honor the Lord in it, yeah? So he said, now concerning all that stuff, which by the way, in the Greek, it does not say the word gifts. It actually says, now concerning the matters of the Holy Spirit that's different because sometimes when we get into thinking about gifts, we think that God handed you a present and you can go in the other room and use it. That is incorrect. The matters of the Holy Spirit are the Holy Spirit is present and he's moving through you. You never go in the other room without him. You don't get to operate in your gift without him. Anytime you have a, I can be isolated, independent, use my gifts for me, you're outside of a spiritual gift. Does that make sense? Never separate the gift and the giver. Never separate the gift and the giver. The point is to be closer to the Lord, not further away from the Lord. Make sense? All right, but he uses this phrase spiritual gift, right? So what is it? Well, we know it's spiritual. That means in nature, it's from God. And we know you don't get to earn it. It's not a reward for, like, being an awesome Christian. You know, you finally reached this amazing status. You've leveled up. You're now crossing over into section B. Like, because that creates this whole, I have gifts and you don't. My gifts are better than your gifts. Okay, instantly you know flesh is involved when that stuff starts up, right? It's like, that's garbage. Okay, so what's the definition? Here you go. Spiritual gifts are extra empowerment. For what normal Christians do. You're like, wait, hey, hold on a second, what do you mean? Okay, it's like cutting in line. You're like, okay, not following you. All right, let's talk about it. So I'm gonna use an uh, uh, earthly example and then I'm gonna use a heavenly example, all right? So let's use an earthly example so we can all get on the same page. You guys know the difference between somebody with good genes and somebody with bad genes? You're like, You talking about what you're wearing? Nope. I'm talking about your genetic structure. All right, let's talk about this for a second. First of all, there are freaks of nature. Can we all agree on that? LeBron James being who he was in high school where you have crews following him around and him excelling for how long he's done it is not normal. It's not because he worked harder. There's tons of basketball players that have worked harder than him. He has a certain genetic gifting that is amazing. I just saw the movie Black Adam, right, on Friday night. That's a superhero movie. It has Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Something's weird about that guy, right? (laughs) Nobody should look like that. When you don't need to put pads on a person to be a superhero, that's weird, right? And you're telling me, All wrestlers who are all taking steroids haven't tried to look like him, but they're not like him. He's a freak of nature, all right? Now, let's get into this because I think this is very important. There are people that do not age. John Stamos is a freak of nature. If you're too young to remember who John Stamos is. Okay, hold on, he has never aged since 1981. And I don't understand it, right? I, I kid you not, I'm like looking through these guys and I'm like, hold on, in the same cryogenic freezer is Rob Lowe. You guys understand what I'm talking about? It's like, what the heck is going on here? By the way, any actress named Jennifer doesn't age. Okay, here's why, let me cite it, let me cite it for you. Jennifer Lopez, nope, she's not normal. Something's wrong with her, do you understand? Like I think she just drinks formaldehyde. It's really weird, Uh, right? Jennifer Connelly, who was just in Maverick with Tom Cruise, which by the way, they're both heading towards 60 and I'm looking at them going, I hope I can look like that, right? Right, it's amazing. How about Jennifer Aniston? But there's another one. Dang it, every woman named Jennifer, something is seriously wrong with them. All right, now, praise the Lord, Brad Pitt is showing his age. Do you understand what I'm saying? I was starting to feel threatened. Do you understand what I mean? Like I was like, at some point, Lord, even the universe. And finally, he started showing his age. Okay, praise the Lord. Let's talk about supernatural, yeah? Yeah. Supernatural, here's how it normally works. All of us have to grow up in the Lord. Now, we all have the Holy Spirit, or we're not believers. When you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, he shows himself, he manifests himself in our lives. And some of those are consistent, so they become what we call spiritual gifts. But here's what's interesting. When all of us Christians, we all know we're called to be like Jesus. And unfortunately, here's how our growth goes. We're all in line, and up there is Like Jesus, it actually says it on the banner. Just like Jesus. Okay, so we're all in line, and this is how it feels to be a Christian. Right, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Because the thing is, you're like, man, this is taking forever, and I finally got there. Oh my gosh, I don't know anything. And you slide back again, and then you're trying to grow. Then, some yahoo comes in and cuts in line. You're like, what do you mean? Okay, here's how it goes. Everybody has some element of faith. If you're a Christian, everybody believes God to some degree, he's given us a measure of faith. But mostly we're like, I'm totally in, I'm not totally in, I'm in, I'm doubting, oh my gosh, right? And then all of a sudden some brand new Christian shows up and they're like, God spoke to me the other day and I am awesome. And you're like, no, you, I've been trying to hear God for the last 20 years. You're not allowed to say that until you're super sad. <laughs> right? Because all of a sudden people start cutting in. Like you've been praying for somebody, right? People you love. Pray, 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 pray for healing, and nothing's happening. You're like, man, I feel like my prayers are ricocheting off the ceiling. God, what is wrong with me, right? Then you go to some charismatic church, and there's some young adult that rolls in, and they're like, "Uh, Lord, I would like to, bam, they're healed, right? And you're like, what? That's not fair. I agree, it is not fair. Because what they did is they ran up in line and cut. Nobody likes a cutter. But that's what a spiritual gift is. You guys, you can go to school your whole life to preach. And Billy Graham shows up. And you're like, come on, right? Like he's not even that good. And then all of a sudden, wham, all these people are like, oh, I wanna get saved. You're like, what is happening? Why? He cut in line. Because the Holy Spirit wanted to get some stuff done and said, this kiddo, I'm going to move here. This kiddo, I'm gonna move here. This kiddo, I'm gonna move here. And all the rest of us, if it's not our gifting, we have to go through the natural process of growing up, right? That's a spiritual gift. Now, how do you know you have one? It's super hard to know if you have one because it's probably normal to you. You guys, you see what I do every week. One of the greatest fears in America is public speaking. Isn't that weird? If I just went ahead and handed you the mic and said, okay, you're on, anybody right now got butterflies, right? You immediately like, oh, please don't do that, please don't do that, please don't do that. Right, there's three of you going, I'll do it. Okay, yeah, I'm not calling on you, just letting you know. Right, Uh, exactly, you're my problem, right? (laughs) <laughs> so so, what I do up here, you guys, this is just me. It, it's just normal, <laughs> thank you very much. It's just normal, it's not weird to me, it's normal. But you go, it's not normal. That's how I feel about you know how to do math. <laughs> right, I don't know how to do it, so it's weird to me, right? And we all have these different gifts. And this is what God is trying to talk about. So here's a helpful test. Do others struggle to do what you do very easily? It's probably a gift. Number two, is there spiritual impact through your efforts that are not from you? It's probably a gift. Does that make sense? All right, let's pick it up. Verse two, here's what he says. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're reading someone else's mail. That sounds super weird. What's his point? It's very simple. Hey, guys, when you got saved, a lot of you came out of paganism, meaning the church in Corinth, right? He's like, you guys used to be in temples and there would be like people just like freaking out and uttering things and man, you were channeling demons and you didn't even know what you were doing. Like stuff was crazy and weird prophetic things were happening and and you were like, oh, this is normal and you're all fine with it. I just need you to understand that and God are not the same thing. Now that you've shifted over, you need to understand God has purpose to it, and it's to build up, not tear down. God's interest is not chaos. It's actually order. God's purpose is to draw you near, not to chase you away. So once again, it's not the same thing. You don't just get to parlay your weird occultic activity and roll it over as if it's all the same. It's not the same. There's a way to figure out if it's legit or not. So we need to examine who's doing it and what they're doing. All right, cool, it's always been the same thing. All Christians are supposed to examine things by what? Examine the fruit, right? Examine the fruit. Even if the person is a fruit, right? You still look and you go, but is God moving through this? That's what you're looking for. He's like, all right, we're going to be fine, but I need you to understand you don't just get to be the same as you were before you got saved. This is different. This is the family of God. Pick it up in verse four. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. What's the point? God has a lot to do, but it's always God. And you may have such a very difference, but you don't get to separate from the rest of the body. We're in this together. Here's the one thing that kind of breaks my heart. A lot of Christian denominations separate out by personality, right? If you're not very outwardly and dramatic, you will never feel comfortable in a charismatic church. So you tend to go towards a conservative church. And you go, but hold on, hold on. Don't we need every type of personality together? Don't we need the mixture of the diversity together? Yes, we do. And it's sad when we follow human ease, the path of least resistance, I just want to be like people like me. Hold on. You'll never grow that way you'll just reinforce the same thing over and over again. Why would the Bible say we need iron sharpening iron if there wasn't going to be conflict in the diversity, right? So there needs to be a bit of a mix, right? And sometimes some people go, man, I'm not comfortable raising my hands. Other people are comfortable raising their hands. Either way, is your heart engaged? That's what we're looking for, right? Okay, we're all right here, but the power source is always God, always God, always God. He's the one that needs the glory. When we get done with a worship prayer and healing night, people are going to be touched. You know the best win we could have is people either in our church or outside our church that leave that event saying this, did you see what God did? Notice, it's not attached to who prayed for you, It's not even attached to the word bridgeway. The only reason that's mentioned is it happened to be the location where God showed up. Does that make sense? Because the whole point is not to attach to people. It's to get all your eyes on the Lord and go, my God loved me so much, he healed me. That's when we have a win, amen? Amen, all right. Let's finish it out, verse seven. So to each one, meaning each believer, is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation means he shows up somehow. Could be in a gift, could be in a one-time miracle, whatever. But every believer who has the Holy Spirit, there should be evidence for the common good. Not for you, for all of us. Verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Okay, let's pause. What does that give you something you didn't know? Is it knowledge facts? Is it wisdom on what to do in your life? Well, I don't know. There's both. You're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, Pastor, I got a question for you, real quick. Like, are you talking about, like, I'm, I'm giving advice at Starbucks, and, and I, like, give advice, and I'm like, whoa, dang, I'm super smart. When you do that, you know that's the Holy Spirit. Are you talking about, like, that smooth, general way, or are you talking about, like, those weird people that are like, I know your social security number? You know, like, those people, right? Where they're just like, the Holy Spirit is now telling me you need LifeLock. You know, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> I know everything about you. Okay. You're like, well, which one is it? Here's the answer. Yep. Why? Because you didn't know something, and now you do. I don't want to get technical. Whatever. However the Holy Spirit rolls, boom, let's do that. You're like, nobody really knows Social Security number. Yeah, they do, and it's weird. All right, moving on. It says, to another, the gift of faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues or languages, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. God, can I have this gift? What do you want? I want a cool one. You know what, just because you asked that, I'm giving you the gift of knitting. And none of your grandkids will like anything you make. (laughs) I'm just saying, don't get cocky. You understand what I'm saying? All right. The whole point, we're gonna go through this series and unpack what these gifts are like. We're gonna be camping in and talking about what is prophecy and what are tongues and how does it work and all that's in this series. So I'm just gonna close out by a couple thoughts. Here's what everyone gets. Holy Spirit. And isn't that ultimately who we want? His stuff is not as cool as him. You know what I mean? Here's what everyone doesn't get. The same thing. God is not a cookie cutter God. God creates with diversity. And so you're gonna be a little bit different than you and you're gonna be different than you. Don't look at other people's and think that theirs is better. If yours wasn't important, you wouldn't have it. Okay, And lastly, you go, oh, I wonder, you're gonna go home. I wonder which one I have. Which one do I have? And you're looking through the little list. Here's the problem. There are five lists in scripture and none of them are the same. They list out collectively 19 gifts and none of them correspond in the exact same way. Here's what we know. Paul was using examples. He was not giving you a list of what they are. He was saying off the top of his head, that's a gift, that's a gift, that's a gift. The way the Holy Spirit works could be different for every single individual on the planet. So what I think we most should be awed about today is I believe God has been moving through you through the power of the Holy Spirit the entire time, and you didn't even recognize it because you thought it was normal and average, I just am here to tell you, God is doing amazing things through you. Let's go ahead and close out and then we're gonna walk out and see where God would love to plug us in, right? We're out in the lobby here. For everyone online, we have something special for you, so hang on after our prayer. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Lord, we praise you and glorify you today, that the whole purpose, Lord, of us talking about this is it's what you wanted to say in your word. God, it is messy, and there's a million questions, so I pray that you would guide us. But I do know this, Lord. My greatest prayer is every one of us leave here believing we can be more personally connected to you, partnering with you, enjoying you, and seeing you move, and all of it is to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.